Yes! What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Rugby Muscle Podcast. I am your host, as always, TJ. And in this episode, which is episode 115, I will be answering you guys' questions. I'll also be giving a quick update. Not a long update, because it's ain't about me. It's about you guys. But I want to give a quick update on what's going on with me um, in terms of my goals that we, we established in January. I want to see where we're at with that because it's important that we don't just set goals because it's, you know, I've spoken about that post Tony Robbins seminar syndrome before where, you know, we, we get into we a real inspired moment where we set ourselves some goals. We say we're going to be really ambitious. We're going to do this, 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 and this, and this. And, you know, we go home, we're all pumped up. And then the next thing you know, three days have passed and you're like, ah, and you just get back into, you know, your normal life. So I figured I'd, I'd uh, start with an update on that. But uh, before we get into that, and before we get into the nitty-gritty part of the episode, I wanted to give a shout-out and congratulations to Luke Myatt, who has won himself a free month of world-class Rubbish Strength Edition, delivered directly to his phone by giving us a five-star review on iTunes. He says, great listen, always easy to listen to whilst driving or while working, um, Depends what he's doing when he's working, I guess. Slightly straight to the point, but that's what makes it unique. TJ ha- always has an open mind to their guests' opinions, as nothing is ever linear. Keep going, South Wales. <laughs> South Wales, boy. No worries, but. So thanks for that review there, Lukey. Um, I'm not going to do an accent anymore. But thank you for so much for that review, Luke. Get in touch with us, and we will hook you up with your free month of... World Class Strength Condition delivered directly to your phone. If you want to get 50 free rugby condition sessions and get more of an insight into what World Class Rugby Strength Condition delivered directly to your phone looks like, just visit rugby-muscle.com for more information on that. And if you find this episode in, at, like helpful at all, share it with your friends. That really does help us. But also go to iTunes and give us a five-star review. But that's that's the intro done for now. Let's get straight into this episode. It's episode 115, solo episode with me. TJ. All right, let's get into the nitty gritty episode, shall we? Um, I just did the whooshing sound because, you know, that's what I've been doing for every other episode when I've usually been bringing on a guest and I figured might as well do it for myself. Wanted to kick off this episode um, by answering the first question that I got uh, via my Instagram DMs, which is if we could get an update on my yearly goals and I thought that'd be a great way to start this episode and a great sort of main topic to discuss because, it's again, it's, there's no point in just giving goals out if you're never going to hold yourself accountable to them. That's why we make them time-related. That's why you get really specific on setting those goals. And it can't. You, we can all get caught in a trap of being so ambitious with the goals themselves and then we're like, yeah, we can do all of this stuff and then it's, you know, um, life starts to get in the way a little bit and we forget the plan because we just abort it and because we've never, because we haven't got, you know, and that's why we make them track. That's why we make them um, easy to measure. That's why, what's why we set goals in the first place because it's not something that we kind of want to do. It's a real set intention that you keep wanting to go back to. And that's why I wanted to go back to this because it's been, what is it now? It's April. So it's been nearly, well, this will be, yeah, end of April. So this will be nearly five months, no, four months, sorry, of me trying to hit these goals. So we're nearly halfway through the year, boys. Like, think about that. That's how easy it is to bullshit yourself through years and years and years of, of getting no results because you can just set those goals and time goes by so quickly. Like, I cannot believe we're already at the end of April. And 
it's it's good to, I'm setting, I'm going back to this episode because it really did make me sit down and acknowledge what I'd set myself for the year and see what I needed to get back to, see what I'd done really well and you know, celebrate my wins and also celebrate the things that I've like changed and and my new outlook that I have. So I guess we'll kick off with the first goal that I'd set myself which was um you know, the slightly more humane way of eating and trying to trying to improve upon that and that's that's been a huge win because I'm basically now 100% vegetarian. Um, I, I call it flexitarian at the minute, and that's a new trendy thing that, that the hipsters are doing. And I guess that makes me a, a, a massive hipster myself because I now basically don't eat any meat. I can't remember the last time I ate any chicken or turkey or even any red meat. I can't, yeah, I can't remember the last time I did any of that. Um, I will eat fish a couple times a week, usually uh, in poke form. Um, because it's just something that I enjoy eating, and it's an easy way to, if I'm eating out then it's a good way to get a good, decent protein source, but without, you know, supporting factory farming in general and doing all that sort of stuff. And it's, it's to be honest, it's health-wise, I probably feel a little bit better just because I'm, I'm, no, actually, that, that'd be a lie. I'm not feeling any better. I feel about the same health-wise. Um, I just feel a bit, like, happier as a person with what I'm doing because I know that, um, you know, this climate change thing is, is something that is important to me. It doesn't have to be important to anyone else. I'm not doing it for anyone else. I'm doing it because it's important to me and I really want to contribute and do my bit. And so my diet now these days is made up of a, a decent bunch of chickpeas, um, a decent bunch of uh, different protein powders. So we've got your whey's your hemp's, your pea proteins, they'll I'll mix some of those in with most of some of my meals and a good bit of dairy. And I do also have uh free range organic eggs that I'll consume. And yeah, it's been quite good. I'm looking into different ways of making it even less of a, a, a chore for me by doing things like getting those ready meals already delivered, the pre pre cooked, pre portioned out meals. That's something I'm looking to start to do because the less effort I have to put into my eating, the better because then I don't have to worry about it. It's just a box I have to tick. And if I'm not doing it, it should be even tastier, right? If, if I'm getting it delivered by another company, they should they should specialize in making them as tasty as possible. And so that's something I'm looking at doing. And then, and then that way I don't even have to put any sort of brain, brain energy towards my food because I know what I'm doing. I've got it on autopilot at the minute. I'm tracking my diet. I'm doing quite good with that, but... Yeah, it should just make life somewhat easier. So that's a tick, you know, moving towards a more sustainable way of eating. I'm, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. Would I go full vegan? Uh, I answered this on the podcast previously. Probably not. Not right now, at least, because I'm happy with where I'm at. And it's just to, to make that extra step, especially with the amount of fiber I'd have to consume to get in that protein. Just not quite there yet. And I don't think I will be. I think I'm just trying to do my bit in terms of being a vegetarian i think really in terms of climate change it requires more than being a vegan it when everyone being a vegan it requires like top level um government sort of legislation but we digress that's that's not what we're talking about we're just talking about me nailing that that uh first goal second goal was about bjj i believe and i do have my first bjj competition next month i'll be honest um i didn't quite keep up with my three a week during I'd say most of March um, because we had rugby season. I, I wasn't as good of it in February or or last month either. I was trying to get as much as I could, and sometimes and and that would be most at most three sessions. Sometimes it was two. Um, 
Yeah, it was mostly it's mostly two, sometimes one, sometimes three if I got lucky. But it took a bit of a dive because the classes clashed with when I had to do my rugby training and I couldn't I couldn't figure out a way around it. And that's just one of the things that you have to do if you go to classes, if you have set times. It's pretty cool because it I don't have to worry about, you know, setting my own schedule for it. There's the designated times and I have to make sure I make those. But it was just hard to do during the rugby season. Now rugby season has just finished, and so I'm looking at going up to five times plus a week. And that should really help me prepare for my competition, should get me lots of practice in. And in general, I think, I think I'm getting there. When I first started, I remember in January when I first started doing BJJ, the whole thing was completely foreign to me. I was like, there is no way I'm ever going to get my head around being able to do this. This is one of the hardest things I'm ever, I've ever had to do, and I don't know. It's just really frustrating. And then I started rolling, and then I started really enjoying it. And um, the more I do, the more I realize I just have no idea. But I have, a, I have sort of an idea of what the map looks like. I have no idea how to get to where I want to be. I have no idea, you know, how to string different things together. But I know a few things. I know how to get past guard. I know how to do different moves, and I'm, I'm trying to really keep it simple and nail down what I can be good at, then sort of expand from there. But the more I go, the better it's going to be. And yeah, it took a bit of a dive, but you know, that's what happened. That's where it's at. So January, it was good to do three a week. Um, I ideally aim for four. It just wasn't quite pop. It just wasn't quite possible during rugby season. So my coach took over and I was fine with that. I was happy with that. I wasn't, it was like a conscious decision that I'd made. Zena's over here just scratching her face off. I don't know if you can hear that, um, but it's it's rather distracting. Um, yeah, so took a bit of a dive during rugby season, but I'm back to where I should be. And now uh, I'm not necessarily making up for lost time because, again, it was a conscious choice to skip out those times. But I'm back to where I need to be, and I'm, I'm going to push. I'm going to give it a real good push to see where I'm at, and then sort of go into a bit of more of a cruise as summer comes around and, and time opens up to do other things. Speaking of time opening up to do other things, um, enjoying my training more um, was another thing I wanted to get back to, and I'm definitely doing that. I'm, en- I'm enjoying a good good bit of the calisthenics works that I'm doing. People that are following TJ.Strength on Instagram will see me practicing my handstand walks. So I'm getting pretty good at that. Done a lot of side core work as well to, to work at that human flag. But that's something I'm going to push towards towards the end of the year because it, it like the work that I have to do does kind of beat the elbow up. And um, anyone that knows BJJ knows that BJJ also beats up your elbows and your grip. So it's something I've really got to consciously manage. But I think you know with slow progression and just a little bit of conscious effort each week, then I can push for it a little bit more in the fall, in the autumn time. I think I should be able to get a bit more uh, better better um, structure with that and probably take a little bit away from the BJJ. But at the minute, I'm trying to do my white belt competitions for BJJ over the summer, so that takes precedent. And and the fact that you know I'm, I'm looking at these things and I'm really making a practical evaluation of where I'm at and where I need to be, it's very important. you know. Um, and that's some of the big things that I do with coaching. It's like when you're a rugby player, you, know, you want to be faster, you've got to be fitter, you've got to be stronger, you've got to be more muscular. And you've heard me yap on about this for the last few weeks on the, on the podcast where – you know, it's about figuring out what you need to do because it's not the case of doing all the different million exercises and different million conditioning sessions that you can do. It's about figuring out what is the most appropriate for you and aiming for that. So right now, you know, really trying to hammer home the the human flag and doing that sort of calisthenic stuff isn't quite going to be 
what I need to do right now. It's not there. So it's consciously taking a bit of a back burner and that's okay. Speaking of um, different training methods that are taking a back burner, yoga. I want to address this because I I, I said in that January podcast that I was going to be doing yoga once a week, every week by the time, you know, by the end of the year, something I really wanted to do. And that's taken a bit of a change. And the reason is not just because it's too hard or because it's, you know, I don't, I just don't want to do it. I found that, um, if you remember, I said I did yoga for the meditative benefits and the, you know, the mental benefits of, of going to that class and just winding down and doing all that stuff. What I found is since, since doing a lot more BJJ, I found that really helps me do it. Obviously BJJ is more, way more hyped up and everything, but it's very much, you know, you don't think about the rest of the world. You don't think about your work problems. You don't think about anything like that. You just get down to it and you have to concentrate on being really, really, really present. Same thing with yoga. That's why yoga is really good. And I think that BJJ really helps me with that. But also, I've also got into a really good streak with my morning meditation that I do for 10 to 15 minutes every single morning. Um, and I, to the point where I really notice the, the days that I skip it. So the more I've been meditating, the more I, or the less, I guess, I've needed to do the yoga and the less I felt the benefit of yoga. And to also round that off, when I do a nice cool down, either for BJJ when I get home or when I do a cool down from the gym, I get in a good bit of stretch in there and I really relax and um, focus on my breathing for that. And I think from those things, it just, those things almost compensate for me missing yoga and it's not something I'm I'm terribly proactive at trying to get towards doing anymore. Um, just because it's it's an extra couple hours every day. It's, it's somewhere I've got to go. Yes, I have the time. And if it was, you know, if I really did miss it, if it was something that I really did need, then I, I could easily make the time to do it. But because I feel like I'm getting the benefits from all these other modalities, I just don't think adding another thing on top of it is actually going to help me. I think it's going to take away. It's going to stress me out trying to get there. And for the stress that that's worth, I think it's not worth going. And so I wanted to make sure that that was addressed um, on the podcast. And just just in myself, that knowing that it's a real conscious decision, I haven't just been a bitch and just skipped out because it's difficult or because I haven't got the time or because I'm telling myself I haven't got time. It's a conscious point where I've gone, right, I'm going to drop that now, you know? And so... Yeah, that's where we're at with that and training. I'm, I'm obviously doing, I'm back into doing my weights. I got into a little bit whilst rugby season was going on because it was a lot harder to get away and do the BJJ and stuff. My weights took a little bit more of a, um, a forefront and I was doing five to six times a week training for only real short sessions just because it was easy to do. So it was easy to distribute the volume rather than do, you know, three, one and a half hour, one hour sessions, say. I would do five to six, 30 to 45 minute sessions. But the problem I found with that was they started out to be 30 to 45 minutes. Then it, as I progressed each week and as I got, you know, more and more challenging sets, I've with, by doing more sets or more volume or more extension sets or just more weight, it got harder and harder and harder to get through those sessions within 30 to 40 minutes. Cause I'd have to get, either get myself mentally prepared or just, you know, the time it took to get through the work. And so, end up being a bit more of a hindrance. So I'm going back to just only training um, four times a week uh, going forward. And then on top of that, I will be doing my BJJ. And that should be fun. I'm, I'm quite happy with the way, where my training is at on all fronts. I'm quite happy with where my mindset is at in terms of my meditation, in terms of my cool downs and stuff. 
I think that's really important. And actually, I guess whilst I'm here, I can touch on th- that is one of the most important part of cooldowns is um, people people don't think about it. People think that it's just about stretching and stuff. It's not. It's about really switching out your parasympathetic and your sympathetic nervous systems and getting nice and cool and relaxed. Because when you're when you're training, especially if you're doing you know power training, heavy weight training, sprint training. Anything that's really intense, you know, you're ramping up your nervous system. You're getting all hyped up. You, do, you, you know, and that's great for your training because you, you know, you're really stressed. You're ready to go. You're ready to go, fight or flight, um, and you're you're fighting or you're or you're flying. You know, you're sort of sprinting or you're fucking going, and that sort of stuff is is really good for you when you're training. But when you're going about your day to day life, it's fucking stressful. So what you need to do is. You know, as you're stretching, really focus on controlling that breath, calming right down and getting to where you need to be. And that's something that I've emphasized, I've started to really emphasize on the programs that I've been writing, especially the one for Team Rugby Muscle, which you can find at rugby-muscle.com forward slash team. It's not quite ready yet, but um, maybe if you're listening to this in the future, it will be. But rugby-muscle.com forward slash team is going to be our flagship program where you can join Team Rugby Muscle. And I've really figured out that, you know, the cool down isn't important about, you know, for stretching each muscle. It's important because you're going to calm down the nervous system. You want to get right down and get back to chilling. And when you're chilling, you're recovering better. And the more you can, you know, obviously the more you can chill out, the more you can recover. The more you can recover, the better you're going to, progress the faster you're going to progress the better you're going to play the better effects you're going to get all of that good stuff so it's really important to finish your workout with a cool down not necessarily because you need to stretch every single muscle but because you just need to chill the fuck out so a little bit of advice there to finish off the update from my stuff if you enjoyed that update you know shoot me a message or even better write it in the five star review and i'll keep giving my updates i'm not sure if this bores everyone or if if, if people find it interesting i think um i've had a little bit of feedback saying that you know people find it insightful just to see what i'm doing so i'd like to keep these going and and it's good to communicate with you guys and, and let you guys know like real like world experience because it's not about you know, I'm I'm not perfect, and I don't do any of my training perfect. I and mean, you can probably hear from this podcast, I'm far from perfect. You know, and it, we're not robots here. You know, and and people I coach, I don't have any desire to coach robots. I have desire to coach people in real life who have real world problems, who just need a little bit of structure, and they need to understand what's important, and just focus on the execution. The dogs over here still making normal noises. Zena, hey, would you shut up? You're disturbing the podcast. What are you eating? Hold on one second, podcast people. What is she eating over it? What is this? Huh? A button? Where'd you find that button? All right, we're back. Sorry, everyone. Um, yeah, um, so where was I? I've completely lost my train because of the bloody dog, but we're going to leave that in because if Zena's going to ruin my Instagram stories and, and be a main feature of my Instagram stories, should also be on the podcast. So, um, okay. We'll, 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 from here, we'll use this as a little segue and we'll get into answering the questions. So, um, these questions were asked on the Facebook group, Rugby Muscle Athletes. If you just type that in on Facebook, hit request, tell, tell, tell me you came from the podcast and I'll hook you up and I'll, I'll let you in. It's a closed group, but it's where I like to post up the questions, uh, or post up a 
put up a post for you guys to ask some questions. And, and this, this will be the first question here we'll get from uh, James Hayward, who says, how would you split an off-season four-day full-body program? Um, this one's quite easy. Uh, it depends. <laughs> That's my answer for everything. But reality is, I would split it as um, I would do my high-low split. So if you if you t- if you go to our, our podcast feed and you just look up, try and look for our high-low split or the best training split for making progress as a rugby player, that's what I would do in off-season. If you're doing four-day full bodies, you would do I, I would do a sort of hypertrophy slash core day or whatever is or aerobic day. Pick some stuff that's a little bit less stressful for the central nervous system. You know, something that you can sort of go hit whilst not being fully hyped and fully amped. We'd do that on one day. So that would be, yeah, like fluff work, hypertrophy work, that sort of thing. High rep work. Aerobic work would also be good here. Core work would be good here. Those sorts of things. Technique work. And maybe even like sort of less intense power work would, would go quite well. On a, on a low day and then high day would be your heavy work or your sprint work or and, and you would then take so you'd go low high off low off high something like that would be how i would do it and you just rotate through as you go um and so it, it, you know it really does depend on what you need to improve upon and so i think but i think that sort of framework gives you a good sort of i don't know base to 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 build your own program from because i don't know if you need to if you need any hypertrophy if you're already massive then those two low days should be spent just doing nothing but really good uh, aerobic work which could be tempos it could be basement tempos it could be medicine ball tempos it could be running tempos um, but you know quality aerobic work would be awesome to do on a low day, if you're kind of skinny but you're already really fit, then quality hypertrophy work would be good to do on your low day. Um, or if you're really, really skinny, maybe all four all four days are going to be hypertrophy focused, but the but two of those days are just going to be a little bit more intense. You're going to get closer to failure. You're going to go a little bit heavier. Um, or if you're slow, then you can even do you know you could do those two low days being tempo sprints, so you're just a little bit less intense, but you're still getting through the aerobic work and you're also really working that technique and then you would do two high intensity sprint days maybe one acceleration day maybe one top end speed day but from there you have endless opportunities or endless options for you to make really good progress in the off season i also actually have a four day off season and in season program of my own it's our subscription service it's team rugby muscle that you can pick up at rugby-muscle.com forward slash team and what you'll find is uh, in the intro i i outline exactly how you would split out those four days depending on if you've got in-season work or if you're in off-season or depend on your work days i give you a different a bunch of different ways but in, in essence you want to make sure that you're recovering fully from those two high days so that you can get back to working high not not high you know what I mean? Working out real hard on those two heavy, on those two intense days, because the worst thing and one of the biggest mistakes people make <clears throat> is they go uh, back to back to back with intensity. And and by definition, if you're not working speed or if you're not working power, if you're not working really really um, 
intense work on those intense days, you're leaving so much gains on the table. So you really got to make sure that you go into those high intensity sessions fresh. And if you're not fresh, then you're not going to get the result that you want. You might as well not be doing that. And that's a really key point I want you guys to get. And again, rabbitashmuscle.com forward slash team. We'll answer one more question before finishing off this podcast. We'll go to, we'll answer James' other question. Um, do you know any methods to improve horizontally, e.g., not, not like that, horizontally, e.g., when, you, when you're over a ruck and trying to jackal the ball, running low into contact, or get in a stable position for a tackle? Really enjoying the podcast at the minute. Cheers, James. All right, so um, horizontal work is about moving horizontally. It's about getting through the horizontal plane. Um, basic acceleration work is going to be really good with that. Um, uh, but what you've described there when you said trying to jackal the ball, running low into contact and stable position, those sorts of things, that's going to be a lot of core work as well. And it's going to be just a lot of mobility work. So it's, and when I say mobility work, it's, I'm not talking about, you know, doing loads of stuff, um, sitting on a, um, a lacrosse ball or doing any you know, millions of different, uh, band variations or, or living on a, on a foam roller. I'm talking about just doing good full range of motion training and that sort of stuff is what's going to have you be more mobile to get into the positions. And in general, just being fitter and being more explosive is going to help you get into those positions naturally as well. If you listen to our podcast back where I had with Alex Fitch uh, a few podcasts back, he, he even established that he was like, yeah, I didn't think that you could train to get lower. And then I just did some of the power stuff that you did and just got a lot fitter. And you find that when you're less tired, you can become a lot more aware of the positions that you need to be in and execute. And I think it's a skill that you do have to learn and it's a skill you have to practice in order to get better at. And a lot of people just think, oh, you know, um, it's just something you've either got or you haven't, or they think that there's a specific way that you can really train for it. And you, you kind of can, but not really. You, you train for it by being fitter. You train for it by being more competent. And the fitter you are, obviously, like when you're gassed is when you're going to use poor technique. So the less you're gassed, the better your technique is going to be, the more you can think about it, and then the more you can practice getting into those positions. The stronger your core is, the less you're going to be gassed because you've got a nice, strong core that's going to enable you to brace for contact really well, absorb contact really well, do all, hold your p- proper position really well whilst you're either sprinting or whilst you're... Uh, in contact and I think true acceleration work is probably going to be your best bet for getting horizontal power because most people you know in a a rugby game you're not going to get into top end speed you're not really going to you shouldn't ever really be too much upright because you you're playing in a 10 meter box so you should always be a nice positive forward horizontal angle rather than completely upright in general and the better you get accelerating the more comfortable you get at being at those angles and i think that's what fitchy was referring to when he realized that he could be going into he could improve his body position going into contact was just because he used to always sprint so upright so we just did a shit ton of acceleration work which had his body leaning nice and forward it had him become more comfortable you know we worked on his core so he was more comfortable at that position and it was just about him projecting himself forward which is what you're supposed to be doing for your acceleration the better your mechanics get at that the better the better your mechanics are going to be in many different positions for rugby so i'm not sure if that's really going to help you you know uh, be over a ruck and holding a, a, for the jackal in a, in a great position but 
it's going to definitely help you run low into contact. It's going to definitely help you run low when you're making your tackles, those sorts of things. And, and the lower that your run, your body is when you're running, the, better, the more positive angle you're working, the more horizontal you're, you're projecting yourself, the faster you're going to be, the better you're going to play in general as well. So hopefully that answers that question. And with that, we'll end the podcast there. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Um, I'll see you guys in the next one because I'll be doing another Q&A on Thursday. As usual, uh, if you want to ask any more questions, go to the Facebook page or Facebook group, should I say. Just type in Rugby Muscle Athletes. Make sure you join there. It's completely free and you can ask away from there. But for now, guys, I'll see you guys in the next one. Take care. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this or any other episode of the Rubbing Muscle Podcast, please feel free to share it with your friends or teammates. It's something, the little things like that that you can do that really do help the show grow. And the more we grow, the more we can help you guys out. Another thing that you can do is go ahead and give us a five-star review on iTunes. That only takes about 20 seconds. And again, it helps us grow and helps us spread the podcast to people that need it. If you're interested in stepping up your training, then visit rugby-muscle.com where you can pick up 50 free rugby conditioning sessions or you can join Team Rugby Muscle where you get world-class strength and conditioning delivered directly to your phone. That's rugby-muscle.com for more information on all of that. Thank you guys for so much for listening and we'll see you in the next one.